special is in the air here. Long. Games. Brees Hall over the right side, powering in, touchdown Cyclones. Out to the 10, to the left side, to the 5, touchdown! Oh my goodness, what a touch by Wall! Maybe it's, it's eventually going to drop, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get it, but... It is what it is. I mean, you get the this law enforcement's involved now too, so it's not just like some executive in the NCAA trying to decide things. It's got cops involved too. So, yeah, but does this put Deckers as if he if this, everything that we see in the news is true that and all the rumors that I've heard this summer has been that was on in the rumors that the in the in the investigation that came out was kind of what we've been hearing this summer, but. Yeah. Yeah, is it puts Deckers up as one of the most disappointing players to ever play at Iowa State because he. Well, had, I mean, if if right. if everything comes through that he can't play ever again because the the allegations are basically Pete Rose level bad, but no, I I don't necessarily agree. On precedent, I mean, at least, because like yeah. Pete, I don't know how much Pete Rose is betting on games, but it doesn't matter if it's one dollar. It's the it's a rule's a rule and. They gotta send a message, and it's just unfortunate that it happens to a kid who grew up wanting to go to Iowa State, and he's one of the most talented arm talents to ever be at Iowa State. And it's just yeah. unfortunate that it's just like the average bet he was doing is seven dollars, and it's just like his whole career might end over that. It's just like, it's just a bummer. Well, I mean, this is this is what keeps some guys out of college coaching college football because you're dealing with guys that are still basically kids trying to figure it out and and he made a couple unwise decisions it's just it's, it's unfortunate i mean and i think it's pretty strong language to say that he's most disappointing quarterback in iowa state history i mean it's it's i think it's if he ends up never playing another snap for iowa state which i think is probably what the case is going to be um i think it's just one of those unfortunate situations where he had a lot of a lot of talent coming in and won a couple state championships in high school, has a big arm, left-handed, showed spurts when he got into games and when, when, when Brock was playing and, and then, uh, you know, had a statistics wise, had a pretty good season last year. Just, we couldn't get, you know, we ended up with four wins, I guess, and didn't, didn't finish off games. Um, and it's just, it's just too bad. I mean, he had a lot of potential, um, and I hope that I, I hope once this clears up, he goes and has a, a, you know, can get a couple good years of college football in and put this in the path for him. Just because, just as a human being, I wish him nothing but the best. If he's done, I mean, but you know, just from experience, I don't see a path back. But maybe, pl- maybe there is. Who knows? And he doesn't have he doesn't have many more years left to play. All right. If he has to set out this year for suspension, and who knows, and the baggage that's going to come on just like the headlines on it and the, the talking heads on the media, just it's like, it's hard to like not talk very like vulgarly towards a guy who's just not, might not ever play again. But like the reason why I talk about like him being one of the most disappointing players in 
I was a history is just because that of high of how highly I thought of how he could have been because right. of like yeah. what we were hearing like when D- Purdy was here and like it was Purdy was already the best player to ever play at Iowa State quarterback wise like career wise and we were hearing murmurs that Deckers might be already like had more talent than Brock Purdy who is now one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL arguably. And uh, a 49er shirt on today, you bet, which is positive. Like, some positive uh vibes we've heard in the last couple weeks is because Purdy's finally healthy and he's gonna play this fall. Which, which, uh, which the vibes on Iowa State like fan base has been terrible lately because like that it kind of came out of nowhere. The, the news came out and it was like right a couple days before uh, media days, and it's just uh. We knew it was coming, and we just kind of waited and waited, and then it just kind of came out of nowhere, and we were just like, I feel like we're trying to finally get excited for the football season, and it's just it kind of it's kind of nice how it's out of the way now, kind of, but we know there's more right. players that are going to follow, which kind of sucks. Well, it's but. not over, yeah. There's no doubt it's not over. I mean, and I I listened to the, um, I listened to Campbell's press conference twice, and. You know, I, he can't address it because this is a legal battle and you are or legal issue and you have, you don't know what next shoe is going to drop, but, um, you know, I, he, uh, I think it's, you know, I think it's the lawyer for Hunter pretty much said he's not in camp, which means he's probably, probably not, uh, not going to be with us at all this fall, which you know, who knows? I mean, so I think, I think we're just going to have to, you know, kind of leave Hunter alone, um, let his family deal with it. I feel bad for him, his parents and his, all of his family that are dealing with this. I mean, to be honest with you, it doesn't make him look like a criminal. It doesn't make him look like a horrible human being. He didn't steal anything. He didn't, this isn't an assault issue. This is just a stupid decision to try to see if he could get, you know, basically was trying to bet, you know, without somebody finding out about it. And there's a lot of kids that are doing that right now. And uh, it's unfortunate that it happened to our starting quarterback. So, but, you know, there's a lot of times when stuff like this happens that, uh, that teams step up and, you know, it kind of wakes them up a little bit and they'll kind of rally around it. And, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, I think we've got three guys that are capable in the quarterback room and, um, it just it obviously ups the timeline with Rocco and and Cole and the JUCO guy, and so we'll see. I mean, Campbell didn't commit to anybody at this point. He did talk about Rocco quite a bit, and yeah. and said Rocco had a good spring, and um, and JJ's been on campus since uh you know since spring ball. So again, I'll say you know I've said it before. The quarterback issue is a is a big one, but it's not the most important one. Our offensive line is the most important one. We've got to get our offensive line's got to take a massive step forward, or um, we'll struggle again. So, yeah, it just seems. Also, it's it's nice that Rocco, like this is happening during the summer, not like during the middle of the season, where like if it was like if like the investigation started now and like Deckers couldn't play and like he like played all summer and like a, a QB one, but I feel like Rocco has been QB one for a while all summer and, and Shieldhouse being their 
with Rocco the year before, and like Shieldhouse is not like coming from like Alabama or something like or like right. what uh, Mangino had came in, and when Sam B. Richardson had like four different offensive coordinators when he, he was yeah. at Iowa State, but. I think Rocco seems like a level-headed kid, and he, everyone keeps comparing him to Brock Purdy, which I think, I don't know, it's just kind of a huge thing to put on a kid who hasn't really had that much success at Iowa State yet. And, but he shows a lot of signs, but he grew, had a honestly had a similar upbringing, I feel like. His dad was a professional uh, player, too. and uh, Yeah, he's, he's been around football his whole life. So, I mean... He gets the game. He gets the game inside the game with you know the way football is, and um, but you can't write off the. I've hearing good things about the JUCO kid too, who didn't have, you know, I think his only other offer is from Duquesne. Yeah. So, you know, he ends up developing into something that would be quite a story. But um, yeah, I think I think the the quarterback unless we have a disastrous quarterback play, it's not going to be the biggest story. I mean, he. Uh, Campbell said Jarrell is not practicing right now, which is not a good sign. Yeah. Um, he never mentioned, you know, he said the tight end room is the deepest position on the team. So I'm hoping Hanukkah, you know, is going to be on, is going to be on the team this fall. I have no idea whether he is. He never mentioned him by name, but, um, and Campbell also said, this is the most talented freshman class he's ever brought in. He's, he's, so, I think he said that every year since he's been here, honestly. Yeah, well, but this could, it could be true. That's the way it should be. It's the way yeah. it should be, isn't it? Is, shouldn't he recruit? It shouldn't recruiting step forward every, every. Uh, I mean, the new tight end we got showed up on campus on June first, and he said he's put on twenty pounds already. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we we've had a lot of success, and I think we still have a lot of players that who should would have came to Iowa State or are at Iowa State that haven't really played yet and i think we'll show up this fall that will surprise some people which i honestly i don't even know yet and we'll uh hopefully hear more about it's just i feel like this whole program just struggled trying to build hype of this team because there's was so much unknowns and the fan base has kind of just been confused and uh i feel like we're just waiting we're just limping to the game for like the first week of Football, we just need something to distract ourselves, and I think our football, our basketball team being so exciting to be hyped up this year helps. I think our football team, honestly, because right. uh, so much more would be magnified on our football team if our basketball team was struggling and didn't have anything to talk about. Because football is so uh, such a big thing, and and also well, I mean, the football. I mean, sorry to interrupt you, but you know. If you can take a step back and look at last season, I mean, we were so close to having a phenomenal season. I mean, we lose to Baylor by a touchdown. We lose to Kansas by three. We lose to Kansas State by one, which we should have beat them. I mean, that was ridiculous. Lose to Texas by three. Um, then, you know, the momentum was kind of sliding a little bit and end up losing a six-point game to Oklahoma State. And then... Campbell and then Texas Tech was a gut gut punch too and and then Campbell kind of said that the TCU game was a was a uh, kind of a uh, you know check for him to see you know what they got what do they have to do because they got embarrassed by TCU so you know if we we pull off fifty percent of those games we're you know at least 
at least it's six wins and we're still in a bowl game and people are probably not thinking the world's coming to an end. So we, you know, he even said that in the press conference, you know, we, we have to win in the margins and we did not do that last year. So I, I think, you know, I, there's no reason to look, be down about this year unless, unless it comes out next week and we've got six guys that aren't playing for the first month and now we got problems. Yeah. Like, but the, what I'd be really concerned to see this, the first game is like the first drive, like first drive and offense is like if our offense line just gets blown up and Rocco's just getting sacked or like yeah. we're trying to, like honestly, what the whole, David Montgomery's whole career, he was getting tackled in the yeah. backfield. Like, right. especially with our young running backs, like that's hard to develop. Trying to get get like just be a college running back when you're like obviously in high school, they probably weren't getting tackled in the backfield and having to right break eight tackles well, just need, get the line of scrimmage. Yeah, we need Cartavius to stay healthy. He can't go down early again this year. Um, you know, and Eli's obviously showed flashes of, of uh, that he could play a little bit. So, and again, some other guys that, you know, I, I think all bets are off with the freshmen. We'll see what happens. I mean, and maybe there's somebody in there. I'm sure there's people on there that we're not going to hear about until after the UNI game, because I guarantee you that Campbell has circled the wagons and nobody's going to get into practice to see what's going on because he doesn't want, unless till this sorts itself out. I mean, like a media day, he brought in, you know, he had no assistant coaches there. So the media couldn't talk to any assistant coaches and they could talk to Jalen Noel, Bo Freiler, um, uh, Mumford, the offensive lineman, just a few seniors, TJ Tampa, just a few seniors. And that's it because they're just, they don't want somebody to say something stupid and they're going to try to make sure they get, because it really sounds like they didn't know, you know, this shoe was going to drop to this level until everybody else did. Yeah. So, but I think, you know, I think we just got to focus on the positives. I mean, this Jack Sadowski sounds like, you know, he could be then, you know, possibly another Mike Rose type player. I mean, going to be a, you know, a true freshman, I guess. And I didn't realize that we were the third youngest team in the country last year. Yeah. And so if some of these, if some of these guys develop and they, you know, I've, we've heard about Greg Gaines now for a long time and hopefully he's, you know, the real deal at the wide receiver spot. And, and, you know, he had, he mentioned a kid that I really didn't know a whole lot about Samuel Sami. Um, and he said, it reminds him a lot of Will McDonald. He said he's built that way and kind of plays that way. So, and Dominic orange, everybody's been talking to him for a long time with, I think Isaiah Lee's kind of in the middle of all of this. So Dominic has got to be the, main offensive lineman and but then again we're gonna we're gonna talk about it all year our kicking game has got to get better yeah, it's been I mean, our, beat that drum it's it's been our literally your whole life honestly it's been oh. yeah like the kansas game last year just felt like oh my like we've been here so many times it's just like oh I don't know. with kansas yeah i mean the kicking game kept us out of the big 12 championship game against kansas with McCartney's yeah. McCartney year. Yeah. We would I mean we would have beat, lost to Texas by eighty, but <laughs> right, but we would have at least been there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah no, I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not uh I'm not down on the team. I think I think uh I'm hoping that this pumps up a little enthusiasm and we it's you know, with every, you know, like the old saying goes, with adversity adversity there's always some opportunity. 
Yeah. And there's a lot of opportunities for some guys to play that might not have been playing before. But Like the week before the, the Texas Bugle game the with uh, Jacob Park and when he just went crazy and – that in that week they ha- they had to like they're so like they had to be so, so crazy like we had no they thought of Joe Lanning they thought he was gonna bring back Joe Lanning quarterback they they were yeah. scrambling and that's when our I think I feel like Campbell thrives is when we we're under duress and yeah. thankfully we've had a whole summer to plan and see and Rocco's a talented kid and he's not exactly like a walk on like right. No offense to Kyle Kemp, but he wasn't exactly like a huge prospect that we thought. Like no one even no. T- talked about him. Like I didn't know who, you, who I didn't even know existed until nobody. Nobody yeah. said Seneca Wallace and Kyle Kemp in the same sentence. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. So we'll see. I mean, we got. I'm just really glad that this didn't. This shoe didn't drop. You know, two weeks from now, or like in the middle of Cy week or something, Cy Hawk week, or. Yeah, or the season had started, and you know, and Hunter had been the running with the ones the entire summer, and now all of a sudden we're in major scramble mode. So. Yeah, everyone keeps saying like that. Every, it's like a witch hunt for some reason that Iowa State and Iowa was like in this like betting scandal. Like, imagine if they dropped all everything like on Cy Hawk Week, like that'd oh be that. Because well, I've, I mean, I've heard rumors that this you know, we're not the Hawks aren't done yet either. So I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think the Hawks are going to be really good this year. So. Hopefully we can, we need to, we need to win that UNI game. And then luckily the game's in Ames and I'm we have, sure yeah, that, I mean, we still have them. Yeah, we need to win in Ames. It's been a long time. We haven't, we haven't beat them with the bold and zone yet at Ames. I yeah. need, that needs a change. Yeah. And yeah, no, I'm sure with you and with us stealing UNI's uh, offensive line coach and the typical UNI thing, I'll tell this story real quick. You know, you're, your brother got to play in the Shrine Bowl a couple of weeks ago, and he was walking through UNI's facility with an Iowa State basketball shirt on, and the UNI football players started yelling at him and swearing at him and everything else, and he couldn't figure out what they were mad at him about. And he looked down and had an Iowa State shirt on, so they were flipping him off and everything else. So a little over the top, but you know, obviously that shows you that the Iowa State game is something that's got the full attention of the Panthers. I mean, it always, it always has, and – yeah. It's a big game for them, and they've always – it's always been like a – like honestly, it feels like a bowl game for them, honestly, because that's a, yeah. the intensity they bring. And they it's like a full, healthy, like, UNI team versus like a – sometimes, like, we're beat up and don't have a couple players that play in that first game, I feel like, every year, it seems like. Yeah. But hopefully this year we're, we're all healthy and – because we really need to be healthy this year because of obviously the gambling stuff like makes our depth a problem but hopefully the recruiting that Campbell's done the last couple of years will make us not that not be a huge issue but Iowa State well, I mean no offense, no offense to you and I but I mean when you say it is like a bowl game it really is I mean we're the only Big 12 team on their schedule and the rest of them is Weber State Idaho State Youngtown State Indiana State you know South Dakota State so um, this is, you, you know, we're the biggest name that they play all year. And that's not, that's not a slight to them. I mean, that's just the way it is. So that yeah. is a huge game for them. So. Yeah. It's, it's just like the weird thing in my, in my lifetime, not like the last 10, like seven years, but last, like my lifetime, you and I is like t- brought in so, like just as many NFL players as Iowa State has. Right. Yeah, that's just, right. Which is, uh, 
which is good good for them, but it's kind of ridiculous for us. But was, when was the last time we had an and when was the last time we had an offensive lineman drafted? I think it was Ko assembly. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, that's got to change. I mean, and we we have we're in we're in the Midwest, like Wisconsin and Iowa are right next to us, and they've had how many offensive linemen that we we could have had. But Nebraska's had offensive line in the NFL. I mean, it's. But we have we've also had like the precedent of your or your whole life. Our defensive linemen were like we've had a couple of years where like a couple short years where they were good, but otherwise they were brutal. Yeah. Our, like brutally thin and not like doesn't hold up for power five, but like well, there's a lot of a lot of years that we can you know we could score, but we couldn't stop anybody. Yeah. Which yeah. uh, so that's kind of that's kind of that 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 script is kind of flipped. I yeah, mean, Haycock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've really you know our defense has always been reliable, and really the only the only game last year that you know that uh, um, our defense kind of didn't you know do its job. Probably you could probably say the Baylor game, the TCU game. The rest of them, you know, we're we're holding you know Texas Tech to fourteen points. We're holding Oklahoma State to twenty. We're holding. You know, Texas to 24, Kansas to 14, Kansas State to 10, and you flip and lose. I mean, uh-huh. what else can you ask out of a out of a Big 12 defense, for crying out loud? Yeah, especially – that's the th- one thing our fan base, I feel like we're taking for granted is our defense just being really, like, one of the best in the league every year, yeah. which it, for for so long it was, like – it was just, like, brutal. Like, it, it like every single pass just felt like 10 yards – like 12 yards – like our cornerbacks used to be like eight yards off the ball, and then we'd just get the ball, and then like it just felt like, what in the hell are we doing? And then, and then <laughs> right. like the Wally Bennett don't break, but it worked sometimes. Like, yeah. But sometimes it's like, man, when we played like Oklahoma, because like I feel like that's why we never competed against against Oklahoma in the Paul Rhodes era, because like, yeah. One, because uh, what's his face? Uh, who was the Oklahoma coach for so long? That Barry like, Switzer. No, uh, at Iowa, or who's oh, the Iowa guy. Uh, He's on uh, Fox. Yeah, yeah. He I, hates I Iowa State, him. and he just ran like up the Sam, score every time. He played for played for Iowa. Played Stoops, for Bob, Bob Stoops. Stoops. Bob Stoops. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, he he uh, he killed us every time because I remember it was around the time every time we'd break leaves because like. He'd, <laughs> and every time we'd watch the game, I was just like, "Yep, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather go Rick Lee's and watch Iowa State just get throttled every time." And well, Bob Stoops is a prodigy of Hayden Fry, and Hayden Fry laid it on us many times. And yeah, you know, Bob Stoops is an Ohio guy, so you know, I don't know, but yeah, we'll have to see. Well, can hey, we well, before I forget about, it, I really like to talk about that fundraiser we had in Humboldt with the Iowa State and Iowa football players because you know I went off talking about it very long, but. Our friend Ryan Harclaw, you know, is the on the board for the Make a Wish Foundation, and and they had a, a um, fundraiser for our local Make a Wish Foundation, and they brought in Iowa football players and Iowa State football players, and had a softball game. And so the Hawks brought in a loaded staff, a loaded uh, uh, roster. They had um, Aaron Graves, Cooper DeGene, um, Jameson Hines, who's the walk on from from Humboldt that is playing for the Hawks, um, and then. The Wampa kid came in playing center field without a glove, robbed one of the home runs from Iowa State, and then turns around and throws a dart to first base. He has a rocket for an arm. 
and he is a phenomenal athlete. So, yeah, they had some really good – and then Dallas Clark coached that team, and then Ryan Harkla and Derek Clark, Dallas's brother, coached the Iowa State team. And and we had uh, Jace Gilbert and Caden Madsen, who was a walk-on, and Jalen Knoll was the pitcher. And so um, it was fun. I just think we were a little outgunned. We didn't have many guys that had played – Cooper Jean knows how to play baseball. I mean, he looked really good. And then, but he came running across home plate and kind of stumbled, and everybody kind of takes a breath because yeah. that would have been bad. But they, it, I, I asked somebody before it started, I said, How are the, how are we going to keep these guys from dialing it down? And you can't. I mean, they were, they were, they were, you could see they wanted to slide a couple times, but then they didn't. But then, you know, it was a close game, and then Cooper Jean hits a grand slam, and that's pretty much over. But had a nice conversation with Aaron Graves' parents. Um, super nice people. They're from my hometown. Um, hope hope Aaron ends up in the NFL someday. He's a good kid. I'm um, just playing than the team that I'd rather he wasn't playing on. So it was a great night. One of the coolest things, though, is that in between each inning, they brought in a kid that has had a make-a-wish wish. And – talked about their story and it's a great great organization raised 200 grand for the make-a-wish foundation um auctioned off things and yeah it was a good time so i just want to make sure we put a shout out to it i mean ryan harkflood is a awesome guy and he organized it and his sister is is the administrator of a hospital and she kind of our local hospital is the one that staffed everything so it was a cool event if you missed it you really missed out because it was a beautiful night and it was a lot of fun yeah, it's it's a bummer that some of those Iowa kids that grew, didn't grow up Iowa State fans because we yeah. like Cooper DeZine with like TJ Tampa and they'd be crazy. Oh, but Wampa with T- Cooper is going to be tough. I mean, I, mean. I, I can't believe that kid went, even went to Iowa because I thought he was going to go to Ohio State for sure, and he yeah, shot. He's five there because yeah. I thought he because he was going to go with the his teammate that went to decommitted and went to Bama, the old yeah. lineman, but. Proctor, but yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was fun. I mean, I, the kids, you know, at the end of the day, that they, they didn't, they all, they were all over at Ryan's house and took a picture together, and and I heard somebody say it was kind of like a middle school dance when they all got together because they were all kind of trying to decide whether they should talk to each other or not. And yeah, that'd be kind of weird, especially when yeah. you know you're playing like actual football in a couple like yeah. weeks, and weeks Cooper's away. Gonna, Cooper's going to be probably hitting Jalen. I mean, yeah, and so. Yeah, it was. I think it was Tyler Moore was one of the tight ends that was there playing for us, and T.J. Tampa was there. He didn't play, um, but he was along for the ride. And um, but yeah, so it was it was fun. So want to talk about basketball a little bit too? Yeah, I think a, Michael's supposed to join us eventually, but yeah, he. I texted him, and he's got the in-laws there, so I'm not sure when he's going to come on. Yes, or if he's yeah. coming on or not. Um, we have, we could talk about the Pac-12 being officially. Oh yeah, dead. Yeah. Uh, which I really, I mean, it was talked about, and it was just kind of like uh, Colorado was going to join the Big 12, and then they didn't, and then they weeks went by the whole summer, and then they eventually just joined, and then, and then now Arizona State and it didn't really Arizona State and Utah honestly talked about like they don't really want to join the Big 12, and they wanted to like stay all together, and they kind of are being dragged to the Big 12, and. ASU and Utah honestly kind of have fan, like fan like their energy is kind of like same as Iowa. I feel like Iowa fans just like they 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 just think they're a little better than you, just like just like out of like default, you know. 
just yeah. like that's what I feel from Utah, which the only thing I remember from Utah is like they that one year when they played was it I don't know if Chiswick was or was Rhodes, but they just absolutely murdered us. It was just oh, like yeah. it was so bad. And uh and then Hassel did like a Geico commercial when he was on sound off uh touchdown Utah. He's like the yeah, that I can't remember the the skit, but it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah. and Utah basketball, the only thing I really remember is uh, Will Clyburn when he played at Utah and transferred to Iowa State and was one of the best uh, one-year players to ever come to Iowa State. And, uh, and Rick Majerus used to be the coach at Utah, and so his connection with Iowa State was when Iowa State finally made the postseason for the first time in the 80s. We played Marquette in Hilton in the NIT. And that was the first time we did postseason in decades. And Rick Majerus was the coach at Marquette. Was that so he with, was in that was with Hornacek and yeah, yeah. That was before they made the NCAA tournament. The following year was our first time getting in the the NCAA tournament with uh, I think was... I'm gonna mess this up, but I think that was that was the year we ended up playing Michigan too. Yeah, I think I don't know if that was the I think there. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, so having I mean our everybody's talking about football, but man, our basketball schedule sure got a lot tougher with the new Big Twelve too. I mean, uh, I don't know, but we're not playing at Kansas this year, which kind of helps us. But that's ridiculous. I mean, I can't. When he told me, he texted and told me that I can't believe it. Yeah, it was so like I mean, one I was looking for when I was looking at the schedule was is Texas coming to Ames, and they're not, which is silly. So dumb. Yeah, yeah, and, that's that was. You can't tell me that was by accident. No, and then and then we're not going to Kansas, which yeah. we went from being on ESPN at Kansas, being on the ESPN Plus only for the last like three or four years, which has been like honestly, the last couple of years has been the best, one of the best games in the Big Twelve the whole year, which you limit that audience every year, which was silly. Which the, that was the year, but Tyrese Hunter's like freshman year when the one year he was at Iowa State when. Uh, it was I think it was Robert Jones that had a ball off the glass. They it, it went out the ball, went off the glass, and they still blocked it. It was a goal ten. It would have changed the game. We would have won. Yeah. And uh, there was not many. There was not as many uh, TV angles because it was on ESPN Plus, so we couldn't. Uh, yeah, but. Yeah, so so there's it's a potential that Omaha Blue will never play in Lawrence. Yeah, which is ridiculous. I don't know. It's too bad. I mean, I'm, Tyrese Hunter not coming back. I, you can't tell me that's not by design. And then we're, we're going to. I mean, we're going to you at UCF, at BYU, at Cincinnati. At yeah, BYU is gonna be tough. But yeah. Okay. I have, I guess I haven't looked at the schedule that close. I know we're going to we're going to Cincinnati and BYU for basketball for football. Yeah. We don't have any of the new guys in Ames for football. Which. I don't know. Well, I yeah, think so I think this whole this whole conference thing is so ridiculous that we're heading down the path of having three conferences with a bunch of divisions that are going to be look like the old conferences. Yeah, or or look those divisions looking at like the old conferences as much as possible as the locations like. Right. It's just stupid. I mean, yeah. It's just a rearranging the the checks on the deck or the rearranging the chairs on the deck and just sitting with a diff- bunch of different people. I mean, it's just, 
I don't know. I don't get it. But it's all money. It's all driven by TV. And I guess Apple TV stepped in and tried to do something on the Pac-12 or something. I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't care about the whole TV contract thing. And the only TV contract thing I was happy about is that the, the NFL Sunday ticket went, went to YouTube TV this year and yeah, it made, it made it a lot easier to get. And yeah. it was a little cheaper so we can watch Brock and Lazard and everybody else is playing. So Which yeah, I, it'll like, be interesting. Like, I don't have really any interest in asu or utah like utah like it'll be cool to visit them but like i just feel like we are kind of giving them a favor by joining the like bringing them in because like colorado actually wanted to come to the big 12 because they've been the big 12 and they regretted leaving the big 12 but i don't know it's just bringing utah brings like utah byu is a good rivalry to have uh and it's just i don't know it gets different time zones but it just also, I feel like it's the alignment thing is just going to keep happening over and over and over again. And like, I feel like, like yeah. Northwestern and Rutgers, I feel like eventually, like the Big Ten is going to kick out schools. I feel like that don't really matter as much because, like, yeah. Northwestern, especially the like crap that's been going on the last couple of weeks there, they're going to get kicked out. And like, I don't know. It just feels like it's a huge shift is happening. And uh, I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just, happening you know anytime you break a tradition you you break a connection and so every time this happens the connection fans have with the other teams that they're playing and even their own team a little bit i would argue that connection becomes a little less and so i'll give an example in iowa we've gone through a lot of whole grade sharings and reorganizations with schools where, uh, you know, you can pick a school that used to exist that doesn't exist anymore. And the alumni are a little less connected to that school because it's not even the same name. And so when you've got people that grew up with the big eight or the big 12 or the PAC 12 or whatever, and now this team is going somewhere else and they're playing a bunch of teams you've never heard of or you have no connection with. The connection with that sport or that event gets broken down a little bit. I mean, nobody's going to be excited about playing UCF in a league game when we don't get to go to Kansas. I mean, it took a while for everybody to get connected with the Texas teams when the Big 12 came about. And now we're starting this all over again. And so I hope you're wrong. I hope we don't. You know, I hope it's not in every three or five years that we're changing what teams are in the Big 12, because I think if we're going to do that, then let's just put everybody under one umbrella and run it like the NFL and make divisions by regions, have an AFC and an NFC or whatever, and then put divisions in that and then, you know, run a playoff system similar to the NFL from there. I mean, that would seem to make more sense, probably make more money. Yeah, because, like, the broken connection thing is just, like, you nailed it there because we've been playing the Missouri game, like, in basketball the last, like, five to ten years, like, then the SEC challenge just to, like, trying to flame the rivalry. But it even when we play it, it just, like, feels like no one, care, no one cares. No, nobody cared. Might yeah. as well have been playing, you know, Western Illinois. Yeah. I mean, then there was no – you know, it's been too long. I mean, it's been too long since the Tinsley – five overtime game with Missouri. Or I even mean, like Phil Presley when they k killed us with Royce White. Like that was like 
2011 like it just Most like it, it, yeah. it kills it and it kills it fast like it happens overnight oh, right like, yeah so so our rivalry with oklahoma when they go to the sec yeah it's over you know we're not gonna play them non-conference ever again so it's over forever in my lifetime probably yours too that the oklahoma oh you know it's not really a rivalry but i mean the you know, it, it was always fun to beat Oklahoma because it was always they're always such a big name program. But yeah, it's it's too bad. But then it take in the other side of it too is that it takes a long time to reestablish new connections. Yeah. So because like it it just kind of feels like it took Texas Tech I feel like a long time to be like a part of the big or Texas Tech and Baylor to be like even feel like a part of the Big Twelve because they were so bad yeah. at everything. But like like obviously Texas they're Tech not, hadn't. Yeah. They're not, they're not in basketball. Anymore. No, <laughs> right. But it the took them. Facilities are really nice. And, but it took them a while. Like, yeah. UCF, it's going to take them a while. Like, it just they have a huge like that. They have like one of the biggest alumni and like population wise in the country. Like enrollment wise, like. But I don't know. It's just, I didn't realize Gus Malzahn is their football coach. Yep. And uh, Danner and Holgerstrand's back with Houston, so. It, yeah, Dana Holgerson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's, it, did, it sure didn't make life easier for us, but hopefully, you know, we've but we've had a pretty strong Arizona recruiting base, you know, with getting guys from there, so that can't that can't hurt any. But you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it was, it's something we can't control, and just we just need to, you know, hopefully still win a lot of recruiting battles in the Midwest and. Because like and, Colorado, are is Colorado worse or better than when, than when they left the big, like Big Twelve, like them joining the big, like well they, they haven't have, had a, they haven't played they haven't played it down with Deion Sanders being the coach yet. I yeah, mean, but they haven't done like when they left, they did nothing in either basketball or football. They really no. didn't do much, nothing. We played Col. Then we played Colorado in that basketball tournament at Sioux Falls one time. Oh yeah, that was you right. Know, that, was prom, that was that was Prom's first game. game. Yeah, that was Prom's first yeah. game. Yeah, Mike there was, was no emotion with that. I mean, I it was hell. It was twenty four years ago. I remember watching in the Mall of America, watching uh, Colorado and Iowa State playing a snowstorm. Um, was that when Harcourt Ryan was playing? Yeah, I mean, that was a million years ago. I mean, yeah. so there's there might be a little, you know, now with them coming back, might be a little sentimental value with having them there, but I don't know. I mean. It is what it is. We just have to keep moving on. You know, it's funny that, you know, we're talking about breaking traditions. You know, I've, I've got, I've, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how thrilled people are about the RV parking lot at the football stadium either. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, there used to be a lot of tradition with those big RVs in the parking lot um, with tailgating and now moving it. It is a long ways out there to the new RV park, especially if you're in the back. I played cold water the golf course down there and you can see the back of the you you know one of the holes is pretty much up to the back of the the rv parking lot that's a long flipping away from the from the stadium so yeah i mean i i think i know i actually know of somebody that has dropped their tailgate forever and donated on their own to get closer to the stadium and they'd had an rv there for decades so um it's another one of those things that it just takes a while to for everybody to get used to. I think this, I'm kind of excited about the side town thing. I did hear one thing about side town. I thought that was kind of cool. Maybe I told you this or not, but I think they're going to put suites above the restaurants and bars. 
that some of the big donors can stay in the night before a game. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. How how cool would that be to stay in a hotel that's in the in the old parking lot, basically a Airbnb. If that's yeah. true, that's a really kind of a cool idea. Yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be. It yeah that the side town thing. Obviously, there's some changes going around that some people obviously don't. Obviously, and fans don't really don't like change and the student section. Obviously, the fans really don't like the new student section, but. It's yeah. just the way it is, I guess, and we just have the key form. The the formula that just needs to be the common thing is winning. We just need to keep winning because, yeah. like, no one like Campbell's first thing at press conference. People all he want everyone wanted to know was like, is what's our uniforms going to be and what's the what are we going to run out to and the the theme song, and right. it's just like, yeah, and yeah, it's just now we actually can complain about the actual games and. The, the common thing is special teams needs to improve, and I think we have a talented punter, and I think that should that should be okay. But the kicker situation that is always gonna be a question mark, and until we have a full season where it's the same guy has consistency, I'm still gonna have the same confidence of the same kickers of when I was growing up of lining up for a game-winning field goal and just shanking it, yeah. or you know. Yeah, and I just hope that, you know, hopefully these young kids that are the kickers, nobody's in their ear telling them the history of it either. I mean, yeah. there's no reason for them to be, you know, trying to live up or live down to something they had no control of 20 years ago. I mean. Like, we can just go through it. Tony Elk, the missed field goal against Alabama. Alabama. Uh, yeah. What else? Uh, field goals against Kansas to win, go to the Big 12 championship. The Missouri game that, the year before that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so many of them we could talk. The Oklahoma Big 12 championship game, just kicking it on, like the place kicker, just kicking it out of bounds, like just kicking it out of bounds because we literally, they would return it to like literally the 45-yard line. Or Yeah, our special team woes, you can spend a lot of time talking about that. I mean, the two guys running into each other on a punt against Iowa yep. in Ames. I mean, m- many, many missed field goals and, then the shank punt when our Australian punter was trying to, you know, do the new style of punting in Iowa City and his first three punts in Iowa City a few years ago went a lot, like a total of twenty yards. I mean, yeah, that was a that, that was, was a killer. That too. was horrible. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's a new day. With old... Too many to count. There's too many to count. We got Grand Mahoney missing that field goal, or when we had that. Jake Williams had that uh, sick catch to tie against Kansas State, and then Grandma yeah. misses the extra point or gets blocked. Yeah. Because I didn't, like, for years, I didn't, because he texted me. I wasn't even watching the game. I was at a UNI game for some reason that game that day, and you yeah. texted me that, like, oh, we tied it up, and then you texted me, like, literally five minutes later. Never mind. And, like, <laughs> I just, I never thought, I thought he just missed it. I didn't, no one told me it got blocked, and then I watched it, like, Couple of years late, like later, and then realized it was blocked. It, I thought he just said he shanked it, but yeah. no, he it got blocked. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna say one more thing about football, and then we can move on to the, what happened with the basketball team today. But um, you know, Campbell did say the players on average. Number one, we had the highest GPA of any Iowa State football team cumulative, which is you know I know you just, people don't think that's a big deal, but it is kind of a cool deal that we can say that. But then he also said, um, year over year, the average weight gain of our returning players is eight pounds a player. 
Yeah, that's cool. And so hopefully our new strength coach, that's a direct result of our nutritionist and our new strength coach. And that would be nice to, to, to see if we're going to, that's, that's going to pay off because I've heard nothing but good things about our new, our new uh, strength coach. So yeah, the, uh, we got a glimpse of next year's basketball team today. Um, little surprise, Omaha didn't start, but maybe not. He hasn't been there very long. Maybe that was part of it. I don't know. I mean, it looks like we played everybody. I think the one thing that really jumps out on you, jumps out to me, is uh, um, Curtis Jones, eight for twelve from the three-point line. Yeah. I, mean, he... I don't care who you're. I don't care who you're playing. That's a pretty impressive day. Yeah, he seems to be impressing a lot of people, and I think he might. I don't know. He, he seems to be like good enough to sneak in the starting lineup. I feel like the way he keeps yeah. playing. Yeah. Which everyone's been searching for scorers, and I think he's definitely got the scoring thing figured out. Yeah. No. I mean, I think uh, it looked like. I mean, they were. I don't think their competition was that great, but you know, I'm gonna keep saying this until he proves me wrong. Is that you know. I think Omaha is a phenomenal talent, um, but you know he, you know he got seven boards today, and that was his biggest contribution. I mean, I think he is a, he plays really hard. He's a great defender, um, but I think if we're looking at him, you know, going for twenty and averaging twenty next year, I think you're living in a dream world. I mean, I think he's going to be a game changer for us because he's long and he's athletic and can rebound and plays extremely hard. But I think if you think he's going to be a, you know, huge scorer, you know, in November, December, I would be utterly shocked if that, if that happened. I mean, so, I mean, just setting expectations for that kid, I think uh, I'm really glad he's wearing Cardinal and gold, but um, he's not, you know, unless, like I said, unless something changes, he's not going to be a 20 point a game guy for a while. So I don't think, I don't think he'll ever be in, either league, I think, unless he completely changes his uh, – I mean, the the opinions on what Tyrese Halliburton came out when he was out of high school is completely changed of when he is now. But yeah. he's got the talent, and the ceiling is so high. And I feel like what, T, what TJ has done for him is really give him a break by surrounding him by so much talent that is like right. – So it's not just like – Omaha, like way above everyone else, just everyone looking up at Omaha. I feel like everyone's like, he's not overly above everyone talent wise. He's very talented and like he was in the recruiting club, like McDonald's All American. And obviously he's going to be a stud and a great player for Iowa State this year. But I think Milan and like all these veteran hungry players in the portal that are coming that have shown that they're, they, they can, they're here for a reason. And, because the Curtis Jones guy has shown so much promise, and the you know V kid is scrappy on defense, and uh, every Lipsy highlight I feel I see him, he gets he feel like his shoulders keep getting bigger, and his jump shot keeps looking better. And uh, if that's the case, so we're, we're gonna be. Have you seen the Tamans doing a camp here in a couple weeks? Oh yeah, yeah, I just see that. Have you seen the T-shirts? Yeah, they're pretty cool. Do you see what they did with the E and Lipsy? No. It says Lipsy with a three for the E. Nice. Yeah. If he can. So is that sarcastic? I hope not. Because how many threes did he have last year? Uh, he, I think it was. It had to be less than twenty-five. Oh, it was less. Than, I don't think it was ten. Yeah. 
I mean, so I thought that was kind of funny. That is not what he's known for is being a three point shooter, unless, you know, that's what his goal is to be this year. He's a, you know, he had a fantastic year with assists and everything else, but yeah, when they put the three on his t-shirt, I thought that was actually somebody was trying to be sarcastic, but yeah, I think, yeah, no, I'm sure we'll be able to, the next one, we'll be able to talk about the next game that we're going to have with these guys too. So we're going to try to debate anything. Like we debated Casey's versus quick versus quick trip in the last one. Is there anything you thought of? Uh, uh, more disappointing, uh, Deckers or uh, no? We're not gonna do that. No, no. Or Jacob Park. No. Who has a stronger arm? That was more disappointing. Shut up. We're not gonna do that. No. I thought of something the other day, and I can't remember what it was now. So, which. It's honestly not – it's like a weird similar path that they kind of went down. They were both really strong arms. They both were uh, marketed as, like, they were going to be the next guy to lead the team and grab the ropes. And it just shows you that uh, – it just, like, shows you when Purdy grabbed the ropes versus everyone else talk just talking. It's just, like, actually doing versus just talking about it. And it's just uh, – yeah. Hopefully Rocco can do that for us. And JJ Cole is built for like a grown man, but I don't think I think he just needs to have a couple. Like he, I don't think he's going to be thrown out to the walls right away. But yeah. I think he has the talent to do so. But I think Brock, when he was an eighteen-year-old, he had like the running away abilities of high schooler still, and he had Dave Montgomery and Hakeem Butler, which we don't exactly have like that like. We don't have those like for sure good players like Purdy had, but I don't know. It's it's uh I don't know. It's Jacob Park. It just seems very similar. It, I I hate to say it. I yeah, like but I, it's, Jacob it's, Park was a. I mean, wasn't Jacob Park? It must be must be a real here for a minute. Wasn't he kind of a whack job? Hunter's not a whack. Hunter's not a whack job. But they. I'm just saying football wise. I don't care what they're yeah. off the field. I'm saying. No. Just put them on pads on and put them under center. Like they have rocket of arms and they are really talented. And like it's like talent, like that level of talent is not what we're used to at Iowa State. Like yeah. just arm talent. Like when like Seneca, that's why Seneca was like such a flash in the pan because his arm was so crazy strong and he was fast, which yeah. is, it looks out of looked out of normal because like no offense to like Sam B. Richardson or Jared Barnett, they didn't exactly have like a slinger like. Really, rock of arm like Deckers and right. Park, but I'm not like trying to say it to like be personal at it, but it just just seems as a fan like growing up at it, it just seems very similar that they were hyped up like that, and it's just kind of well crumbled pretty fast, and uh, it's just it's just a bummer because I feel like last year he had a really ch- a chance to be like like we had a chance to like be like win nine games, like it could have been like a nine game win season last year, but just yeah, a couple of possessions here or there, and special teams is still bad. And we got a coach now, so the fans can't bitch about that anymore. But the the special teams this year, because if it's bad this year, it's not. We can have a coach to blame rather than just blame the sky like we were all year, like all of Campbell's year, because we didn't want to blame Campbell. But so, what did you read the stat line? Did you read the stat line of the basketball game today, Michael? I did. Yeah. I didn't see Curtis Jones dropping 30 in the first game. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. 
That was also through three quarters. Right. Eight for 12 from the three-point line. He had eight threes? Yeah. He got who, was the last, who was the last I would say player to have eight threes? Yeah, I don't know. It's probably uh, Caleb Grills probably had him once or twice, but yeah, I think he only had seven. Yeah. Before that, it was probably he went out. He went off tired. against at Oklahoma this year. He went completely off. Yeah, I mean we weren't playing. We weren't exactly playing the Lakers today, but it was a it was a good outing just to kind of see that playing in an empty gym. It was like a, they were wearing worn uniforms. They were wearing practice jerseys. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's such a good just week to spend together. And I don't know if you guys saw the videos. They were like on a yacht yesterday. It looked like yeah, swimming in the, on the beach. And yeah, it's a good bonding experience for them. Did you see us hear about the, the football team went to this retreat? Um, Campbell said they went to something. I can't remember that. I was going to write it down. I didn't uh, went, went on a retreat for two days and um, had brought a speaker in and then they get to serve a meal to some kids, I think, or something. So it's kind of a cool deal. But. Nice. Yeah. So I got to try the uh, Swarm, Iowa Swarm beer last night that Exiles come out with. Yeah. Was it any good? This? Have you seen this? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, it was kind of like Iowa schedule. It's kind of weak. <laughs> It was a it's a lower alcohol content and you pay the same you pay the same amount of money for a for a smaller glass. Hmm. So I thought it was pretty funny. It was hmm. in a really feminine glass too. So I said, You're just helping when they poured it, they gave it to me. I said, You guys are helping me with jokes so bad. But it wasn't it's made by exile, but I'm I'm assuming that the we will stuff is gonna be better than that. I just haven't we just haven't from West Okaboji, I'm assuming we, we just haven't had a chance to try it yet. So Yeah, I think I just I hadn't looked at their schedule yet. I actually looked at it for the first time today. I think they could win ten games. They're going to be really good. Iowa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're got one of the worst schedules in the country. Yeah, their, their schedule next year is going to be harder though. That they have to go at Ohio State and at USC. Yeah, I mean their their defense is going to be nasty as always. And yeah, Aaron Graves is the real deal. He's a, he's above three bills now, so. He's and that Xavier Walker guy is just he's a, a freak. freak. And then obviously Cooper, Cooper Gene is Cooper's really I mean, but they're they're probably gonna be like anybody else. I mean, any of these guys that we've mentioned, if one of them goes down, then it changes things. You know, we're they were talking about football, that Quan Karan Adams that we had last year. I didn't realize he got hurt and missed most of the year. And yeah, Campbell he was, he ran a faster one hundred meter dash than Kenny. Yeah. So he's back and and uh, Campbell's pretty excited about having him. I mean, I think he ran a four-four. Also, he ran like a ten-seven, one hundred meter dash in high school. Yeah, yeah. So we've we've covered about everything, Michael. Sorry you got on late. We've covered nope, a lot fine. about football. I apologize for being late. Have we talked much no, about basketball at all? We just talked about this game a little bit today, and we're not real excited about UCF, but and like how we're not playing at Kansas and. Not, yeah, not at Kansas, and, Ty- and Tyron, Tyree Center doesn't have to come back. Yeah, that's – Texas should have had to go to Kansas, to Iowa State. At to West Virginia. Virginia. To BYU. Like, they should have – that's a bummer. That, But, oh, well. I The thing is, Ty- Tyrese is going to be a role player this year anyway, so it's not really not going to be too big of a storyline. They've added guards that are better than him in the offseason, so. Yeah. So, I guess one thing I want to talk about, um, just kind of – 
way too early predictions for the season for basketball as far as first I want to talk about who is going to lead us in every statistical category, do you think? So points, assists, rebounds, turnovers. Um, and then that was my first question. Second question was who will score the most points in any single game this year? Well, I think the two obvious ones for assists and rebounds, that's a no-brainer. Taman's going to be the assist leader. I mean, Jackson Pavlovsky had seven assists today. Yeah, you know, but I think, but he didn't come in as an assist guy. So, I mean, I mean, they spread the minutes out pretty evenly today, so that's not going to happen in the season. I mean, I, and I think Omaha will be our leading rebounder. I mean, really? I, 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 I just think I just think he has a nose for the ball, and he plays so hard all of the time that if he's if he's it'd all be based on whether he's getting the minutes that he that he needs to be the leading rebounder from a point standpoint. I think you, you're going to have to throw a dart against the wall. I mean, I have no idea. Yeah, it's. I think the points is going to be like it's only going to be like a point five more than the other person. It's going to be like I feel like everyone's going to average like fourteen to twelve, and uh, I don't know. It's just it. It all depends on how good Lips. I feel like Lipsy could find more points this year, especially since uh, everyone else is going to be at the covered because I feel like last year. He had to be so much had had the ball in his hands so much, and uh, we really didn't have and, much shooters. And people could help off so often because we had no shooters. Yeah, so we it had was so hard to do anything. But and yeah, Caleb right. was hurt. Um, Driving lanes are going to be wide open for Tamin this year. So, and like, good. And the the one game like I'm thinking back on was remember the one game where Gabe and Caleb Grill were both hitting at the same time. That was like the only game, and that's where Tamin could drive and. He had a couple jump shots, and because he was finally had some 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 uh, pressure off him, and uh, I yeah, feel like he can really finish, and he's a great free throw shooter too. So I, yeah, I think, and I mean, I think they're being very selective with the highlights they show of Taman. Obviously, every highlight of Taman is hitting tough jump shots, but I mean, the level of difficulty of jump shots I've seen in a couple highlights are much harder than anything he made last year. So that's I think that's exciting. The shot, I mean, he, he just looks like he shoot with confidence. I mean, last year he just looked like he was terrified anytime he was let off. And, I mean, if he can be serviceable, that totally opens up the driving lanes for other people too and can throw the ball down to Omaha and Hassan too. Yeah, Hassan's so a surprise so far. I mean, Hassan is really, I guess, everybody's talking about how well he's playing right now. So. Well, he's put on 15 pounds. I mean, he's built like Jamil with longer arms and probably more athletic than Jamil. Yeah, did you so, see the I mean, picture of them with their shirts off yeah. flexing? Yeah, so some of these freshmen don't look like freshmen. No, I mean, I think the Milan's probably the one that looks the most like a freshman, I would say. Yeah. Caden Fish does not look like a freshman. He looks like a grown man already. Um, yeah. And, and Omaha is built like a truck. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so I think for me, I think points. I don't know. I, I think we really don't even know what, kind of what system will. I think our offense is going to look much differently. So obviously that will. So I'll be interested to see who leaves us in attempts. Looks like Curtis Jones lets him fly. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it'll be between Curtis. Curtis and Trey King and the two I pick. I think Trey King's just gonna be solid. I think Trey King will probably play more minutes in Omaha. Or they'll be still, the yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be I think that the minutes breakdown is gonna be pretty even, or it'll be I feel like we'll play eight or nine, but they'll no one's going to play thirty-eight minutes a game this year. I don't think. 
what are the odds that it's? I mean, there's zero chance that the today's starting lineup is the starting lineup. Who was it? I didn't see it. It was Trey King, Tam Lipsy, Demarion Watson, Keyshawn Gilbert, and Robert Jones. Jones over Hassan. Yes. Interesting. I feel like Robert Jones will start just because he's Robert Jones and he's the leader, and I think he'll play like the first four minutes and then of each half, and then Hassan will come in and. Kind of yeah, like, kind of like Michael Jacobson. Michael Jacobson was never better than Cam Lard, but Cam Lard was always on the bench and came in and uh, played more minutes than Michael Jacobson most, uh, most times. But um, I think, um, I think it's probably that's a tool to just keep Hassan motivated. I would think. I think Hassan will start at the beginning of the year, but I think the longer TJ keeps Robert Jones at the one at starting, I think it's just going to keep pushing Hassan to get better, which I think is a, a nice move. Cause I don't, Robert Jones doesn't care how many minutes he's plays is kind of the sense I get from him. He's just a great teammate and is going to play hard regardless of how many minutes he plays. Um, yeah. So I guess finishing the question, I think, I think Taman will lead us in assists. I think Jackson will be a close second. I think Jackson will be, end up being our backup point guard, which will be fun. He's a much more kind of the more I learn about him. He's, Looks like he's a very smart basketball player. He can really handle the ball. And I, the highlights I've seen, he's made some really good passes too. So I think that'll – to have like a true backup point guard next year will yeah. be really nice. Because, I mean, last year we did not have one. I mean, Jaron Holmes is not a point guard, and I'm sure he would tell you that too. Um, yeah. Rebound. Yeah. I bet Trey King leads the rebounds. Trey King is a grown man. And the Big 12 is going to be really sick of Trey King by the end of the season. I think he's just so yeah. physical and – so, yeah, but I think, I mean, rebounding against us this year is not going to be fun because we've yeah, got some I, I don't, I th- my argument for Hus- uh, My argument for Omaha is that he gets a lot of rebounds out of his area. Yeah. I mean, Trey King doesn't get a lot of rebounds out of his area. He he bullies everybody and knocks them over, but Omaha is going to be chasing rebounds from 20 feet away. Yeah. The and thing, too, can, I think. If you watch him play in the USA games or the anything else, I mean – if he's a three-point line, he'll get a rebound on the opposite side of the lane. I mean, he's just from he'll go from one lane to the other to get a rebound. So I mean, I don't think you could you could not create a player on two K that a five-star recruit that better fits for what TJ's trying to do. Like right. a lot of five-star kids come in with an ego, are really talented, which Omaha is, but he seems low ego, plays so hard. Like yeah. to have a five-star come in and have his effort be the best attribute of him i think is really nice and i think he's just going to grow skill wise i mean his shot looks pretty good so i think and i think he's going to get some open looks next year so i'm interested to see kind of what he shoots from the field but i he's just going to be so fun um and i'm really interested i just i I don't think we have any idea what style we'll play because i mean we've we've had by design had to play so slow just because we don't have the like we can't score with people but i think this year we'll be able to run i think we're deep enough to run i mean especially i think we're deep enough to press and i mean you could throw some lineups out where it would would be a really hard press to break it's just not a trend it's not a thing that many teams do a lot i mean the last year uh oh the kid that was you know had the iowa connection that coached in the ncaa tournament um was the team that made a run now he's the head coach at iona um, Tobin Tobin Anderson's team. Who did he coach last year? 
some East Coast team. Anyway, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they pressed the whole time in the NCAA tournament. You just don't see that anymore. I mean, you just don't see teams pressing a lot. Yeah. From one to- I, I mean, I don't think we'll exclusively press, but I mean, last year we had a press when we used it. Like Hassan at the top was really effective. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, so, like but, I mean, we have, but like, look at our look. Look at our lineup. Like we have ten capable bodies that. And I mean, you could have a press that's Hassan at the top, Demarion and Omaha on the wings, and then Jelani Hamilton and Gilbert, who are also long guards, or Curtis Jones or Taman. I don't know. It's going to be, I mean, obviously it's August and we're talking very high upside, but I think this team is just going to be an absolute blast to watch. It's, it's going to, like, I think totally revamp Hilton too, because. Hilton's been better each year with TJ, but I think like this is the year where we kind of combine because Hilton truly at its purest form is a place where they like to watch offense. Like defense is fun, but like Fred's teams where George hits three threes in a row is the loud, the loudest I've heard Hilton. And I feel like that's why I feel like the student section has not been very consistent is because offense is what keeps the people coming. Uh, Defense very frustrating especially when we're not very good free throw shooting teams and we hustle a lot but we love hustle and diving on the balls but like when we get in the free throw line we're missing and when we go like couples like especially when there's tv tv timeout after tv timeout and we can't get anything going and you could see it like the especially i feel like this will be hot take i feel like already our chemistry is already better than our chemistry last year like just watching the videos the vibes are way better. I feel like, uh, not saying it was terrible last year, but it just seemed like this year we have a bunch of guys who have not really played at all together that seem to be getting along way better than our team did last year. Um, and uh, I think it have a lot has to do is like there's an equal level of talent. I feel like more than last year. I feel like we really didn't have like there's a bunch of dudes like. We didn't. We had a like. We had a lot of good players, but there's a lot of players who were like a little less good than the other player, and I feel like that kind of created weird things in the locker room. And I feel like, especially Omaha coming in being like the darling of the whole group, I feel like it's going to take off a lot of pressure of like Curtis Jones and all these guys who have a new environment and never been played in like Power Five level versus Kansas. I think Omaha is going to help take the pressure off of our guys and TJ's like done no better job of any Iowa state coach that comes in and made the program exactly how he wanted and gotten every recruit he wanted so far. And, uh, JT rock coming in being a big seven foot guy be on the practice squad. Who's a talented get kid who obviously I think has the talent to be an NBA. Obviously that's his goal. And, him not going to prep school and being in the university. And I think his parents really wanted that. And then him being able to graduate is awesome. And I think him coming within that group of guys that already have better chemistry than last year, it's just going to keep the train going in the right direction. And it's just fun to see a coach who loves Iowa State as much as I think Fred Hoberg did and Johnny Orr. And I think we have no, and we have no better guy at the helm and, it's just the hype is there. It's not all. It's not as big as what I think it should be, but I think it's a. I think that's a good thing, and uh, 
our football team stealing the spotlight with the gambling thing obviously kind of helps. But uh, I think when it yeah. comes to December, when we obviously, hopefully, we can beat the brakes off of Iowa and Hilton, which uh, <laughs> that'll be nice. And beat uh, the brakes off of somebody. I've never that's a new one. I haven't heard that one before. So yeah, I think that's well said, Tom. I think one thing TJ has just shown is like he. I mean, TJ is just the ultimate like mixer of personalities. Like he just like always all these videos, he has a smile on his face. He has a way just to create an environment where like, it's just like a family and everyone gets along and he really cares about these kids. And I think that's why he gets the guys he gets. And I think that's why people stay. Like we haven't had a ton of transfer, transfer attrition. I think playing time is the reason why people leave, which is fine. But like, we don't have people disgruntled leaving even Caleb, left cordially even though potentially at other places that could have been a disaster um but i think what the point that i agree with you most is the hype is real and within the iowa state community but nationally no one has any idea what's coming all right i think like like the lot and the thing is last two years tj said a top 10 team and look at those rosters and if those rosters played us today we win by 25 yeah especially those rosters are construction yeah and it's just the perfect like mix of like old guys that have been there done that that have bought into your system that play physical and like bought in defensively and like young guys that are coming in that are super talented that also play hard and it's just like i think every practice i'm sure i haven't been but like it's super competitive like they're not mad at each other but they're just like pushing each other to get better it's like i think by the end of the year Omaha and Milan are going to be like just tough outs for the rest of the big 12. And then you sub in Trey King and Hassan Ward or vice versa, or Demarion Watson, who has played meaningful minutes in, in um, at Kansas and Taman has pl- just like, like last year, like it could not have been more perfect for Taman to like have the reins thrown to you by Tyrese leaving. And like now it's like I don't know if you remember Monte's sophomore year where it's like he just kind of took over it as his team. I think Tame is gonna do similar things where it's like it's his team. He has shown he was probably overlooked coming out of high school because of his injury, but he is legit. And he's a true point guard, and he now he has just a variety of guys that can kick it out. And I think that the guy we haven't talked about enough is Milan. Like if he shoots forty six percent from three, like we haven't seen a a a, a north forty percent three point shooter since Tyrese Halliburton probably who got hurt half the year. Like it's been a long time. And I mean, obviously Tyrus McGee was like the last or Matt Thomas. Maybe I don't know if he was ever 40%, but like, it's just cause, and he's also six, eight, by the way. So like yeah. great Dick first round pick last year, similar build. So I don't know that, that that's like, I think that's also nice too. What you said, as far as Omaha having like the spotlight, who's also played a ton of minutes in meaningful games around a, a ton of talented people. All, all so the world. It's never going to be too big for Omaha, but it totally takes the pressure off these smaller school guys just to like play, play free and have fun. I mean, if Curtis Jones hits eight threes in Hilton, the place is going to explode. And just think about how much like leash Jelani Hamilton's going to have. He has all the talent in the world. He's grown two inches since he's committed. His, both his parents came to Iowa state, like, and like just and like just seeing like on the summer like Tyrese Halliburton coming back, George Niang, Matt Thomas walking in like 
that like that that's priceless. Like that's something we did not have growing up. Like we had Fred Hoiberg, Jeff Greer, but they were like just a little older and out of the league by the time where we needed them to recruit. And uh, and I feel like the, the Stacia era didn't really end very good. I feel like the Pfizer and Tinsley didn't really come around the program after that happened. And having a crap load of NBA players that are very relevant in the mainstream NBA like media and like Tyrese Halliburton going on like JJ Reddick's podcast and like being on ESPN and well, I mean, he also just signed a contract for like two hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah, and that helps too. Um, small kid, like small town Wisconsin kid. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's crazy. And never won a tournament game in Iowa State. It just seems everything is falling in line. Like all the rumors that we've heard that that reason why Fred wanted to leave to go to the NBA is because like we couldn't get the five star recruits. We couldn't. We're, the transfer portal was running out. Like we couldn't. That's TJ's coming in. Came in and said that is complete BS. We've done exactly the way the formula that we did that Fred was here. We've gotten transfers that were nailed them. Isaiah Brockington and uh, Gabe Kausher. They did yeah, the, I mean, they I, did the left heavy lifting that they the all the transfer that the Fred era did to reach level to back to where we were. And it's just yeah, it, they yeah. they feel like Joel Lanning, Alan Lazard, the start of the Matt Campbell era, where like they proved that Iowa State could be great again on like a less talented team and like TJ has just been an absolute magician with, and the thing is with TJ is too, like every year, like he has, TJ has always been a good high school recruiter, which I think is kind of like a lost art. Cause I mean, obviously coach Cal gets the five-star recruits, but they never, those guys aren't, they're just recruiting stars alone. They're not looking for like fit, which TJ does well, but he also knows has an eye for talent in the high school level, which then allows us to be very selective with the, the transfers we go after. So like if you look at the like if you look at the charts, we weren't going after the top ten transfers, mostly because I'm sure those guys were just chasing money, and I would say just can't afford them. But he goes out, Curtis Jones, capable shooter from Buffalo, who probably didn't have many offers. Jackson Pavletsky, who is a Midwest kid, who like dropped 15 points at Michigan State last year. So like he doesn't like he hasn't he's not relying on the transfer portal to like build the team at each year but he just like picks his spots to fill needs and then now we have 10 11 guys that can play and yeah it's... and the thing is too like these are guys that have multiple years of eligibility and are like already bought in we're like unless something happens this year which like things happen where people don't play enough and egos happen and people transfer the in there what's whatever but like if we go on a run and make a final four like even if Jelani hamilton plays 10 minutes a game he's still gonna come back and the thing is too i liked what you said is like jelani hamilton no pressure he plays 10 minutes a game he can just play his butt off let him fly and then if there's like one game where like he hits four threes in the first half he may play more in the second half but like we don't need any individual person like brockington like if brockington didn't like i don't know if you remember if Brockton didn't hit shots, we would score 35 points. Right. Like, that's not going to happen this year. And, and we're going to still defend. Like, de- defense is not based on talent, obviously. So, like, if we lock up people. And, like, back in the day, like, Fred era, like, we would only get stops when Hilton was loud. So, like, we don't rely on that. And if we hit a couple threes in a row, like, there could be, like, 10-minute scoring droughts from the opposing players or opposing teams in Hilton, which is going to be. Yeah, not everything's gone TJ's way either. Like, we, what could have we have, like, 
if we had AJ Green and Tyrese Hunter last year, like what is or and, and Brockington Brockington can a game last back last year? What's last year's team look like? Obviously that team. Honestly, just looking back, I mean, not, Green played meaningful minutes in the NBA. No, I'm just saying that night that locker room could have been a nightmare. Honestly, yeah, but true. looking back on it now, but AJ Green obviously did well, and he's on a contract in the NBA. And the- I think obviously we'll see how football season goes, but the the this could turn into like Royce White level hype as far as looking forward to basketball. So, yeah, which. It's uh, I don't know. I just feel like basketball never really gets the hype it's supposed to because football always gets the media yeah. before, and it always basketball season always sneaks up on us. But hopefully, this football season doesn't make us hope for basketball season. But I don't know. Yeah, I, and I mean, I, it's very it's different than the old Iowa State teams. Like we still we have NFL talent on the defensive end, mm-hmm. so that's going to keep us in games. And like, but no, we, we have, have the def- NBA talent everywhere on our I was the basketball roster. So, and we knowing we have like an NFL D lineman, I don't Dominic Orange, an NFL D back, and probably Maybe two. two. Uh, Miles Purchase is honestly could be up there too, and uh, I don't know. So, we'll, I'm not sure. What are you, What are your thoughts on the Pac-12? It being basically imploding. I, I love it. It's, I think it's gonna be awesome. It's yeah. gonna be. I think we're kind of like the perfect compilation of fan bases where we all kind of I feel like it's a lot of teams that feel like they're overlooked that have really passionate fan bases that I think the Big 12 has kind of developed a sense of community where like we all obviously cheer for our teams when we play and maybe are a little mouthy with like a West Virginia fan or K-State fan when we're playing them but like whenever I watch another Big 12 team there's not one that I actively cheer against and I think that's unique to the Big 12 Um, so I think we will stick together and I think I think this conference will travel really well. And I think having big 12 fans all over the country will help with NCAA tournament sites too. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's gonna be fun. And I think there's obviously we're going to be the best basketball conference by a lot. And I think it'll be solid football. So it, I think it's going to be a, a good thing. It'll, it, I think the schedule thing will be an, probably the hardest transition just because like, we're so used to playing round Robin basketball twice, playing everyone in football. That'll be, it's been so long since we've done that. I mean, back in the day, we there were years we didn't play Texas at Oklahoma when the Big Twelve had divisions. So that'll be interesting. Um, but I think I think it'll be good. Also, it's gonna be fun to watch. Like Utah BYU is like already a huge rivalry. Like that'd be like Iowa State being the same conference. So like, that that'll be fun to watch. Um, I think the Arizona schools will get better on, for football at least. I think the Big 12. ASU more than Arizona, I think, because yeah. I think Arizona State's a sleeping giant. They think I think they have everything to be good. They have the yeah. perfect. They have the university that's pretty solid. They got the weather. They got the city there. Uh, it's the West Coast. It'll be the West Coast option for the Big 12 because mm-hmm. obviously they're gonna have no other options because the Pac-12 is dead. It's just it's gonna be weird that Stanford might just be literally like Army and Navy, like they might be that. Yeah, you're all. I feel like Stanford makes sense to join the Big Ten because I mean, you look at the Big Ten schools. There's a lot of academic powerhouses too. So, but I mean, they're just not that good at football or basketball. So maybe that's why. I don't know. Yeah, I just that's feel weird. like I mean, Utah they... kind of has the same feel of like what Iowa fan base has, kind of like kind of like entitled the yeah, secret but, I mean, entitlement that West, you can't like really understand. Ago, so like. They're also good. I mean, they've had the same head coach for 20 years. Yeah, I know they've that. They've got a cool stadium in the foothills of the mountains in Salt Lake City. Like, I think 
and I mean, Utah people are nice too. So like, I mean, like in person, like they're like super friendly. So like, I think that'll be a fun place for Iowa state fans to travel to. Obviously Iowa state fans are very cordial and like visiting fans come to Ames. So I, I think it's gonna be fun. So, um, that's kind of weird. Yeah, Cause you have, a, you have a Utah good. friend I, guy. You have a, you have a friend that's a Utah fan, which is kind of weird. And yeah, I mean, but I mean, they're like as diehard as, us. yeah, it's just, which is cool. So and, just, I mean, we uh, just like yeah, in the Midwest, we know nothing about the West. The West people know nothing about the Midwest. I think it's gonna be fun for them to travel to these places they would never otherwise go to. And I, I don't know. I think it's gonna be fun. Um, Which I've I traveled mean, to also, West Virginia. I mean, the, the, I, huh? I've traveled West Virginia, and like just when I was there, it's just kind of it's just a weird feeling. It's just kind of like it's a they you can feel their tradition and stuff but like it's just like we didn't play you guys at all they they don't really have any feeling bad feelings about us right yeah but exactly. they've been at a conference for over 10 like almost 10 years now and yeah. like i feel like they still kind of feel like an outcast and it's just like now we have like whole new like four new teams it's just like kind of overwhelming it's just i don't and, know and it's next year like yeah. they're all joining next year yeah it's just crazy it's just a lot of change really fast and but I mean, the, the the I think the biggest point no one is talking about is like I mean like you you f- rewind 2010 when Nebraska and Texas bailed, there was talks the Big Twelve would fall apart. If that happens, Iowa State is irrelevant. We suck at everything. That could have happened again, where the back, Big Twelve fell apart like the Pac-12, and we joined the MAC, and we may be okay at basketball. We would have been horrible at football. Matt Campbell would have left. Um. So I mean, we I mean Brett Yomark. Like that was just an, a slam dunk hire for the Big Twelve because he's been so proactive. He's super business oriented. He he understands that even without these additions, Big Twelve was the best basketball conference. So he just kind of used that to try to get other good basketball schools to join. So I mean, we're we're real lucky. Cause, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, Washington State, Oregon State, their conference is dead. Yeah. Well, like we don't have a conference next year yet. We were so close to being like Kansas State, Baylor, Texas Tech. We were, we easily could be Washington State, Oregon State. Yeah, so easily. Exactly. And it's just, I feel terrible for them because there's really nothing, can't really throw them I a mean, life those, raft. Those places are not that unsimilar to Ames. No. So, like, they've got passionate fan bases. They're smaller schools, relatively. Um, so, it sucks for them. I Hopefully, they can figure out something, or I'm sure the Mountain West has some solid teams. It just will be different. I mean, I'm, I mean, like, there's going to be games, but potentially like, they're not even on TV. Yeah. Like, you remember that? Like, in our lifetime, Iowa State wasn't on TV. Yeah, the, the last Colorado game we played against them was, wasn't on TV. I remember sitting on their, in our room with the radio on, listening to it. Yeah. And that's how we went to a bowl game in Paul Rhodes' first year. Yeah. So, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be an evolving thing. But I, I, I'm just excited to kind of – have other fan bases come to Ames because I think Ames is a super special place. Obviously we think that. And the thing is, I think a lot of people that visit Ames are like, wow, this place is cool. It's a great, very underrated tailgate scene in the country. Um, it's not sec football, but I mean, it's a lot of fun. And we still have Matt Campbell, who's the best coach in NFL history as far as football goes. Um, so I think he'll find a way he always has. So, and I, We'll just kind of see. I think it's just obviously a weird time just because we there's still a lot uncertain as far as what players will be able to play and losing your starting quarterback, which we've known for a while probably that he wasn't going to play. But, I mean, thankfully he wasn't, like, in camp all summer and then, like, yeah. oh, just getting Rocco's the starter now. So I think Rocco is at least prepared. And I think I think Rocco has the right 
enough talent and the right temperament to be a quality starting quarterback in the Big 12. Um, and well, I, and I think offensively, there's just a lot of weapons we haven't seen. So it's just, just we've kind of lost the first wave of Iowa State greats from the Campbell era, like losing Xavier Hutchinson, obviously the year before, Brees Hall, Brock Purdy, Chase Allen, Charlie Kohler. So it's exciting to have new favorite players. And I mean, everyone is kind of, I don't know, I'm lukewarm on Iowa State football, but I mean, Labor Day weekend's going to hit and you're like, oh, wait, I get to wake up and go to Ames and tailgate and it's going to be right where we started. So it'll be, yeah. it'll be a good time. I think I, and obviously we couldn't have a better guy to kind of navigate this. So I think, especially we'd already navigated a pandemic and yeah, we've come out of, and like me and Devin dad were talking about earlier is the Jacob Park situation. So it's not like giving his first QB controversy, like yeah. huge one where Jacob Park was supposed to be the guy for a whole off season and then the wheels fell off like weeks into the season. So turned out okay. Yeah. So and which what turns out probably arguably like one of the favorite seasons of the Campbell era in my opinion. Because that yeah. was out of nowhere. Those two seasons in a row were incredible. Yeah. And I think our receiving core, like just the way they look and the it just kind of feels this Yeah, like, and that's the thing too with football, like recruiting is not like basketball where like they show up and they're like, oh wow, Milan, Omaha are gonna play meaningful minutes. They show up, they develop, they work their butt off for a year or two, and then you kind of get to see the product. So it'll be that's the the big difference. And I, I think we're kind of de- creating the staff too, or development's gonna I think just take a huge jump forward, especially with the new O line coach who seems like a really really good coach. And obviously he has two starting NFL linemen under his belt that came from you and I. So yeah, um, and you and I is not out recruiting us. So I think. I think eventually be good. I think hopefully, I mean, I think the goal this year is to make a bowl game. We're going to be, I think in a lot, in a lot of the games, which will probably have some frustrating losses like last year. But I mean, you look at last year easily could have had nine wins legit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and if that happens, totally different mindset going into the year. And I mean, honestly, it probably would have been worse if we win nine games last year and then lose our starting quarterback, the sky is falling. So I think, Unfortunate for Hunter and made a bad decision. So I think we'll just move past and it just, it just, and then, it just I mean, kind I, of I, feels I like, of course, the, Iowa the, State. Yeah. Which is, so, I mean, of course, I we're, we're the first. Of course, we're the first to have like a key player to do something silly like that and get caught. And like we have, like the technology is different where it can get caught, you know? Yeah. I think the weird thing is too is like why Iowa and Iowa State are the first to have this domino and it's just like this is happening everywhere there's no way it's not and it's like over seven like the average bet is like seven dollars it's yeah, just it's, like oh man they're just obviously making i'm sure they pick their their spot to make an example obviously they're not going to pick alabama or texas to make this example so it's whatever i but also like things like that that happen to places like iowa and iowa state produce the best seasons yeah everyone counts us out iowa state is much better as an underdog where no one's expecting us to be good and people mm-hmm. are going to come to Ames, and our defense is still legit. John Haycock is legit, one of the best D coordinators in the country. We got a new O coordinator, so it's going to be fun, I think. And it's also, too, as a fan base, I think it's kind of a good reset where, like, we were co- probably getting a little too big for our britches, like, expecting Fiesta Bowls every year. I mean, fast forward seven years ago, we won, like, two games. Yeah. So it's let's just take a breath. And if it's a frustrating year, basketball season is only three months away, so. Yeah, that's. A, I think that's a good way to end this. All right. Well, welcome back. I Hopefully, we'll you be. On. You'll be hearing from us 
more as as football and basketball um, shows up. Hopefully, we'll have some new merch coming down the line, and we appreciate you guys listening. Um, if you see us out tailgating, say hi. We're very normal people, and we love talking to anyone that likes to talk about Iowa State. So, with that being said, go clones. Go clones. <laughs>